Hey folks, welcome to the Baseball Rewind. We bring you baseball facts, stories, and sprinkle in some game highlights and interviews about the highlighted player and event of the day. And on January 18, 1950, star right-hander Bob Feller tells the Cleveland Indians that he should receive a cut in pay after a subpar 15-14 and 14 season in 1949. The Indians willingly agree to the suggestion, cutting the future Hall of Famer's pay by $20,000. Feller will receive a salary of just $45,000 in 1950. He was a farm boy from Van Meter, Iowa. And in 1936, Feller was only 17 years old when he struck out eight members of the St. Louis Cardinals in three innings of an exhibition game. After this awesome display of pitching, Fella was, was advised to seek retirement from high school in order to sign a pro baseball contract. In his first major league start against the St. Louis Browns, Fella fans 15 hitters and never looks back. He spent 20 years in the bigs, all with the Indians. The teenage phenom dominated AL hitters with his blazing fastball and bending curve. He would hurl three no-hitters, including the only opening day gem on April 16, 1940. He's also going to win the Triple Crown in 1940. And his second will come in 1946 when he sets the AL record with 348 strikeouts. He's also going to notch 12 one-hitters, and he won 19 games for Cleveland's last World Series winner in 1948. And you can listen to all six games on our classic radio broadcast. Fella also put his career on hold when he became the second big league star to enter the service for World War II, following Hank Greenberg. He lost almost four full seasons to military duty while in the U.S. Navy. But Fella, a true fighter, won eight battle stars during his tour. I'm going to play for you him recalling his first game back from World War II. It's a great story, and it's just one of dozens of audio gems we have on Bob Feller on Vintage Baseball Reflections. Folks, before we jump into today's highlights, I just have to ask you, do you want to put 50 years of baseball history in your pocket? I know what you're thinking, it's not going to fit, but it really will because it's all in audio format. These are lost pieces of baseball history told to you from baseball cathedrals. They're, they're told to you by icons of the game from Red Barber, Ernie Howell, to Harry Carey. I get goosebumps personally listening to these games and even thinking about the interviews and what these players are going to share with me. I know what you're thinking. Is this AI? Are there bots? Is there some magic potion here that are making these things appear? And I'm telling you, they're not. These games are real. They were done by real people at that specific moment in time. All the iconic moments, the interviews, none of it's reproduced, none of it's AI. It's all real, but done again by real people. If you want to check them out, uh, there's a free intro offer. Jump on over to VintageBaseballReflections.com. And there's over 2,500 audio clips and games for you to put in your pocket, take on walks with you, hang around the fireplace and listen, put them on the porch, invite some friends over. However you want to listen, you're going to be able to listen in these amazing moments in baseball history. Use this coupon this day for a special gift at the checkout. Bob Feller Show, program number 23. It's difficult to pinpoint the toughest situation for a pitcher. Naturally, a bases-loaded, no-out situation in the bottom of the ninth would be a nightmare for any pitcher. 
But how about a pitcher who must join his club late in the season after, say, four years in the service? No spring training, no exhibitions, no major league tune-ups of any kind. Well, I know how it feels because I was in that kind of a situation August 14, 1945. I was back in my club, the Cleveland Indians, and my manager, Lou Boudreau, nominated me to face the league-leading Detroit Tigers. I took my warm-up pitches, and I knew I'd find out soon enough if I had it. The first Detroit batter, Jimmy Outlaw, was a strikeout victim. I felt good. The second batter was out on a fly to center field. Then Doc Kramer caught hold of one of my fastballs and sent it to the deep right center for a triple. Hank Greenberg was the next batter. I knew I had my work cut out for me. I worked especially hard on Hank. I slipped a strike past him, then made him swing and miss one. Another pitch, and Greenberg was caught looking. The inning was over, and Kramer was stranded on third. I had my first test, but there were eight more innings to go. My teammates touched opposing pitcher Hal Newhauser for two runs in our half of the first inning. My control was a bit shaky as I faced the Tigers in the second inning, and I walked the first two batters. Long ball hitting Rudy York was the next batter. I threw hard, and Rudy swung and missed. Then another strike, and finally a third. I had two more outs to go before I could get out of the inning safely. The next batter was a pop-up, and so was the other. Paul Richards, now general manager of the Houston Colts, was the first Tiger batter in the third, and he doubled. I walked the next batter. There was some activity in the Indian bullpen, and I knew it. I had to get out of this trouble myself, but a single scored one run, and another hit sent the tying run across. Somehow, I finished the inning without any more scoring. It was now 2-2, a brand new ball game. My teammates got me a run in the third inning, and I was determined now to go all the way and win this one. I set the Tigers down without a hit in the fourth, then the fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth. I was really rolling along, but I still had the ninth inning to go. In 60 seconds, I'll be back for the final inning of a game I will always remember. My teammates had picked up another run for me, and the Indians led 4-2 as I went to the mound for the ninth inning. I retired to first batter. Now I had two to go. The second man was a strikeout victim. My fastball was sizzling, and my arm appeared to be getting stronger as the innings rolled along. Lead-off man Jimmy Outlaw was next. I reared back and fired. He swung and missed. The next pitch tipped the outside corner for a called strike. Only one more to go. I was ready, but so was Outlaw. The pitch, strike three. My return from the war was a big success. I knew then I still had a lot of good pitching left in my right arm, and the almost four-year hitch in the Navy did not hurt me.